Welcome to the Niche Podcast, your weekly rundown of the biotech, pharma, clinical research, and life science industries. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goodson. This week, M&A speed bumps, normal IPO, but not approach, two updates, and FDA gives nod to menstrual bleeding, prostate cancer, and COVID-19 monoclonal antibodies. AstraZeneca and Alexion are merging for a mind-tangling $39 billion. This is not new news and has been announced for some time. As expected with any multinational merger of this scale, there are significant regulatory hurdles in multiple countries. The latest is an announcement in the UK that their Competition and Market Authority, CMA, will investigate the deal for anti-competitive practices. The merger has already cleared regulatory and antitrust hurdles in other countries, including the USA, Russia, Canada, and Brazil. These steps are probably less of a stop and more like an expected speed bump when companies of this size combine. In addition to clearing the CMA in the UK, the deal has yet to pass regulators in the EU and Japan. Alexion has a massive portfolio of promising molecules for therapies across more than 20 indications. This will prove critical as other products like Apelles Pegsetico Plan, episode 50, eat away at leading products like Solaris' $4 billion annual cut of the complement inhibition market. While there are real concerns around competition in the rare disease space, Alexion has a wide footprint and is unlikely to be unseated quickly. This means they'll retain value similar to their price tag, even as markets change during the merger process. Lyle Immunopharma has filed to complete a $150 million IPO. In some ways, they're exactly on brand for recent trends. In March, they raked in $493 million Series C. Now they rapidly go public. Their valuation was something like $2 billion in March. Lyle has a pipeline of genetic and epigenetic cell reprogramming technologies to target solid tumors. With such a crowded space, this makes competition stiff. But Lyle has some unique modalities, not just in technology either. They've created a 70,000 square foot manufacturing facility in Washington state. This provides them two critical, if expensive, opportunities. First, they can control their production pipeline, which is vitally important in the cell gene therapy spaces where high quality and reliable manufacturing capabilities are rare and expensive. Second, it may allow them to take on CMDO work and offset the capital risk within their own pipeline while they get it up and running. They've framed the $65 million facility as being for their internal pipeline's commercialization, but time will tell if they choose to pivot or to draw on capital by serving other companies with less infrastructure investment. At the end of the day, this facility gives Lyle a unique approach to building their pipeline. While their fundraising strategy remains as normal as $650 million in a market where $650 million in three months is not surprising, can be. Once this round is complete, we'll get to see how they execute. Two quick addendums to previous stories. In episode 50, we highlighted Apelles Pharma, who received FDA clearance to treat the rare disease PNH with Plan, sold under Impavelli. Last week, they released results from an additional phase 3 trial showing Impavelli is massively effective in treatment-naive PNH patients. In combination with the results from their head-to-head study against Alexion Solaris, 
These findings give Impavelli major tailwinds as commercialization rolls out in this rare disease market. Second, last week we spoke about Anovis exciting results in both Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. At the end of the story, we mentioned there was no way they had enough capital to run a phase three trial in one of these disease conditions. Rather than finding a partner quickly, they opted to raise capital, but it's a modest $50 million offering of common stock at $50 a share. This move was met with market skepticism as their shares dropped to around $45 a share at closing Friday. To try and bolster confidence and experience, they're now partnering with an outside organization to help them hunt for increased board members and new executive leadership. All this tells me they know they need a big band-aid before they can achieve the strategic valuation and partnerships they want. If their technology pipeline is what early trials suggest it may be, it represents a super blockbuster status in a static field. But there are major obstacles, and it's clear they know they need some more bus drivers to get there. Developing a new product in the biopharma space is incredibly challenging. There are design barriers, capital to raise, and regulatory hurdles. The SCOPE method provides consultative solutions to navigate industry-specific challenges. We've helped companies pivot into new therapeutic spaces, designed and run decentralized clinical trials, and empowered CEOs with the tools that turn their data into stories that raise capital. Find out more at thescopemethod.com. An estimated 5 million women in the United States suffer from major symptoms of uterine fibroids, including heavy menstrual bleeding and discomfort. While benign tubers, uterine fibroids can cause pain, heavy bleeding, miscarriage, bloating, and infertility. Heavy bleeding from uterine fibroids contributes to a quarter million hysterectomies a year. Myovant and Pfizer have been granted FDA approval for Myfembry, a combination therapy to treat heavy bleeding associated with uterine fibroids. In phase three trials, Myfembry reduced bleeding volume by 82 to 84% compared to baseline. In addition to providing significant physical relief due to reduced blood loss, Myfembry may also serve to reduce the emotional and temporal burden associated with managing heavy menstrual bleeding. Adverse reactions were rare, occurring in just 3% of the test population. Myovan is focused on women's health and prostate cancer. Myfembry represents their second FDA approval. Last December, Orgovix was approved as the first oral hormone therapy for advanced prostate cancer. Myovant continues to advance a pipeline of additional women's health products. Speaking of prostate cancer, the Taiwanese company 4C Pharma has received FDA approval to treat advanced prostate cancer with Chemsevi. Accord Biopharma, the generics distributor, holds the license for U.S. distribution. Chemsevi is an injectable. What's special is that it's approved as a subcutaneous depot formulation. This means the therapy is injected in subcutaneous tissue where a bolus is formed and slowly absorbed over time. In this case, Chemsevi absorbs across a six-month time period for testosterone suppression. This makes Chemsevi an associative therapy, likely to be used in combination with other oncological products in the treatment of advanced prostate cancer. GlaxoSmithKline and Vera Biotech have received FDA emergency use authorization to treat mild to severe COVID-19 in people 12 years old and older with the monoclonal antibody Citrovimab. 
The therapy was approved early after an independent data monitoring committee determined there was a profound clinical efficacy. It's quite rare for an independent data monitoring committee to suggest early trial stoppage because of a positive effect. The antibody therapy demonstrated an 85% reduction in any hospitalization or death for those infected with COVID-19. As vaccine rollout continues around the globe, therapies will remain a critical component to care for some high-risk individuals who are not eligible for vaccinations. Some countries have limited access and significant portions of the population remain unconvinced of the efficacy of vaccines. Adding to the ongoing need, some countries have limited access to vaccinations, while significant portions of the population remain unconvinced of the efficacy of vaccines. So Strovimab is on track for release in Europe and may apply for full FDA approval later this year. While an exciting step in the fight against a global pandemic, the unfortunate reality is that the complex and expensive monoclonal antibody treatments remain most accessible to those who have the highest access to vaccines and other interventions. Thanks for joining me on the Niche Podcast, your weekly summary of the top news in the biotech, clinical trials, and life science industries. You can learn more at thenichepod.com or find us on your favorite podcast app. Like, comment, subscribe, and most of all, share with your friends. If you like what you hear, please rate and review. It really helps us. Once again, I'm Dr. Noah Goodson, and I'll see you next week.